and we're sisters who have lived in Utah our whole lives and thought this would be kind of a fun thing to do where we travel around and learn about different haunted locations. But along the way, April tells us a true crime story. So buckle up. <laughs> All right. Oh wait. Oh. Every episode I give April a little gift or like an object of some kind and it is a hint for what is going to be in my story. I'm ready. It's a big thing of soup. Big soup of ramen noodles. Chicken flavor. Yeah. Any any clues of what my story could be? A soup factory. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna guess it's a something factory. Yeah. Every time. Every time. <laughs> um, well, you'll have to see when we get there. I guess. Right. I don't know. We are. We got an hour and a half to get there. So. All right. All right. Um, how's it going? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Anything new with your life? Uh, no. I mean, I've been uh, doing, so I quit my job to right. do the home decor stuff and the freelancing and all of that. But almost two weeks doing bulk orders of ornaments, and I never want to <laughs> see an ornament again. <laughs> Perfect time for Christmas. I know. I'm like, this is a lot. But, <laughs> no, I, it's good. I mean, it keeps me busy, and but I have a Christmas booth. I have to prepare for and I feel like I'm running out of time and I'm panicking. Oh my gosh. I'm panicking. It'll, It'll be, be fine. fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, Ross and friends. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> Anything new with you? Um, honestly, no. Nothing's new. The same. The same. Old, same. Nothing ever changes with me. Vitamite tornado. Tornado. Are those good? This one is way spicy. Oh. I've, I've always been chicken to get those. Like, I see them at Maverick all the time, and I'm like, like, it sounds good, but, like, is it good? Yeah, they're actually pretty good. Um, they're actually called Tornadoes, but I've always pronounced it Tornado, and I oh. never realized until Josh was like, what did you just say? <laughs> I think I've called them, or thought they were called Tornadoes, too. Yeah, they're Tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're stupid. We are stupid. <clears throat> okay, are you ready? Yep. Have you ever heard of the murder of Lori Hacking? Um, is she? This is recent, wasn't it? More recent than the other ones I've done. Lori Hacking. I feel like that name is very familiar. I think you'll recognize it as I'm telling it. Okay. Okay. References: Murderpedia, Wikipedia, KSL News, articles, BBC. Uh, a Lie to Die For Season 1, Episode 1, and Salt Lake Tribune. Okay. So this is also, they also have a documentary on this, A Lie to Die For. It's the first episode of this first season, but it's called, actually I don't want to tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Lori K. Soares, I believe it's Soares or it's Soares, I don't know, I can't tell. I can't read her. <laughs> okay. She was born December 31st, 1976. And adopted by Thelma and Harold Soares in California. Her adoptive parents met while on an LDS mission in Rio de Janeiro. You know, the classic, fall in love on your mission. Right. Um, her parents divorced, though, in 1987 when she was 11 years old. And the next year, her mom moved them to Orem, Utah. Hey, we're just driving through Orem, hey. Utah right now. Yeah, we are. Lori and her future husband, Mark Hacking, a 
That's like cool. Caltrip. Yeah. We met on instant messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Back oh, in middle man. school. How embarrassing. Okay. Let's see. Where was I? Okay. Lori's mom, Thelma, mentioned that um, Lori and Mark spent so much time together. He was always at their house. Um, you know, the boyfriend that helps out around the house and, you know, is always there. So they're yeah. just really close and they're... Makes like, the moms happy. Exactly. And she just knew that he was the one. She's like, he's he's it. Yeah. Um, Lori and Mark married August 7th, 1999, when she was 21 years old. Their friends and family were impressed with how strong and intimate their relationship was. Okay. In early 2004, the couple had found out that they were five weeks pregnant with their first baby. They were preparing to move across the country to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where Mark was going to attend the University of North Carolina for medical school and to specialize in oncology. Wow. So, they're living the dream. Yeah. They're a young couple. She's pregnant. He's, you know, going to med- medical school. Like, they're they're just living it up, right? Right, like, everything's on the up and up. Yep, everything's great. That was until July 19th, 2004. Lori went jogging and never returned. At 10 a.m. that day, Mark called Lori's office at Wells Fargo in Salt Lake City, where she worked as a trading assistant. Uh, Lori's coworker Brandon Hodge told Mark she hadn't made it to work, um, which was weird because she's always on time, always punctual. She's it, it's just weird and out of the norm for her not to show up and not say anything and to not, your husband. Like, <laughs> well, not say anything to anybody at yeah. all. Like, hey, I'm gonna be late or whatever. Right. The phone was passed to Lori's supervisor, Randy Church, and Mark explained that Lori went jogging at 5.30 that morning at Memory Park Grove and hadn't returned home. So Randy Church, her boss... Memory Park Grove, is that up in Salt Lake? Yeah, it's okay. by Capitol, the, the Capitol building. Yeah, okay, got it. And there's like a canyon there or whatever. It's really pretty and like surrounded by trees and stuff. Yeah. That's cute. Um, so Randy told Mark to call the police. He's like, uh, this is weird. You mm-hmm. should call the police. So at 10.07, like immediately right after that call, he called the Salt Lake City Police Department, as well as some of Lori's friends, asking them if they knew where she was, and no one had seen or heard from her. And the police were kind of like, uh, just give it a little bit, you know? Yeah, because she's an adult, right. you know? And, and I mean, sometimes you want to play hooky and you're just over it and you want to disappear mm-hmm. for a second. Yeah. So at 10:49 AM, so about 40 minutes after that, Mark called the police again asking for help finding Lori. And they told him they usually wait 24 hours before they report a missing person and to call the local hospitals in jail. Okay. Just in case. Yeah. Like, uh, you can try calling. And maybe she's in an accident. Maybe she got arrested. <laughs> yeah, and one of, you know. on the episode of Elida Die For, the guy, the chief, was saying, we usually don't, like, start searching any earlier than 24 hours unless there are circumstances that make them feel like they, that there's, like, foul play. Okay. So, he's like, unless we have some kind of something that says... Um, okay, something's off, then mm-hmm. then they usually wait 24 hours, and then they start their search. Got it. <sighs> so, almost immediately, Lori's family, friends, and coworkers volunteer to help Mark search for her. Friends even flew in from other states to help the search. And this is all within a few days. 
Okay. Uh, Lori's family held a press conference um, pleading for information. Mark begged for her return as a grieving, scared husband. Mm-hmm. Salt Lake City was covered with her missing person posters, and approximately 1,200 volunteers were out searching for her. 1,200? 1,200. Dang. The theory from the chief on this case was that or more volunteers had volunteered because she was pregnant and a brand new mom and she was young and all this stuff. But Yeah. I mean, okay. Got it. The police did do a patrol and found Lori's car parked in the Memory Grove Park, which is when the police started getting involved in the search. They're like, okay, we'll do a patrol. We'll go see if we can see anything off. Mm -hmm. They find her car and they're like, okay, now we have to get in here. Like, so they did not wait the 24 hours. They found her car, so they're like, now we're... That was the reason for foul play or possible foul play. Right. Or, Or even just that she's missing or got her or whatever so they're like okay now it's the time yeah um so carol mays the assistant chief of police in the salt lake city police department was involved in the elizabeth smart search and elizabeth smart was being held over three miles away from her home in a camp in the mountains right so it was three miles yeah and they barely didn't get to her like if they would have just searched a little bit farther they would have probably found her right um so this chief Maze, he wanted to make sure he had a large search area for Lori. Right. Um, so they used canine units, bike patrols, helicopters, and multiple police teams, as well as all of the volunteers. So they're like, okay, we found her car. This is unusual. She's missing. So let's search Let's be thorough. Area. Yeah. Yeah. So they not only put, like, police teams on, like, searching the, what is that called? The canyon. So okay. they have everyone searching the canyon, but they also assign a homicide investigators just in case, right? Yeah. So the investigators then start to wonder if Lori and Mark were romantically involved with someone else, and that could have been the cause of disappearance. So they start looking into the marriage for issues. Wait. Lori or Mark. Like, oh. one of them might have been having an affair, one found out there was a problem. Okay. Something like that where there might be an issue with the with the marriage itself. Yeah. So, lead detective Kelly Kent, I love her so much. Like, <laughs> if you watch A Lie to Die For, she's badass. Like, she is. That's awesome. She's what I want to grow up to be because she's like, <laughs> she's just like, she doesn't take any shit and she's like, no, I, you know, she's yeah. just amazing okay so lead detective kelly kent and her partner detective taylor take mark and search the hackings apartment so they're like okay can you come with us and we can just see if like anything's out of the norm mm-hmm. he's like yeah I'll, I'll take you in there and you can help me so the house was boxed up since they were about to move to north carolina right but detective kent notices that Lori's purse is still there oh no woman leaves their house without their purse, except me. I don't use a purse. I don't either. I use a wallet. <laughs> yeah. Like, keychain thing that has my keys and my wallet on it because I don't want... I've had a purse before, and it just turns into a disgusting disaster. Yeah, it's like, just a bag full of garbage yeah, that you carry I around. I just, like, put random stuff in there, and then I'm, like, five days later, I'm, like, well, now that's gross. Okay. Anyway, right. Or something spills, and then I am mad because everything is, like, has dust or... Yeah. Like food on it and I'm like why did I put food in my purse no I'm the same way I haven't used a purse in like three or four years it's been a long time and so she left her purse home when she went jogging is that right right and did the husband say that she normally does that um they, I don't think he really said anything about it he was just like oh maybe you know I mean I yeah I'm sure he, he thought okay 
always thinking about you flowers and they're usually small and dainty and just like, oh, I was at the grocery store and here's some flowers, you know, yeah. I was just thinking about you. And then there's, I screwed up and you're mad at me flowers. <laughs> and she said these were the, I screwed up flowers. Okay. Huge, extravagant flowers. Okay. Got it. So something strange also is that the bathtub is immaculately clean and smells like bleach. Oh no. Yeah. Like, red flag number four, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, right. honestly, no one's bathtub is immaculately clean all the time. Especially know? when you're pregnant. Dude, was she five weeks pregnant? She was only five weeks, but she was but still, having morning sickness. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to say, like, and to smell bleach, or to smell any anything, <laughs> yeah, right. like, it can really send you into a, a fit. Yeah, so. And to be on your hands and knees while pregnant. Like, I know that she wasn't huge, but, like, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't see that making sense. And I see flashbacks of me being nine months pregnant and I can't tie my shoes and I'm just so <laughs> frustrated because I can't put oh, my no. damn shoes on. Right. Waterfall. I love this canyon. Don't go chasing waterfall. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Please edit that out. That was the worst thing ever. Nah. Okay. Not only that, there are brand new sheets on the bed. And Detective Kent notices they haven't been slept on or washed since they she can still see the creases of when it was in the packages. You know, when you take it out oh, of the Oh, like package, brand new. Brand new out of the package. Like, you still see the folds and the creases. And she's like, these haven't been slept on. These are right out of the package. Huh. Number, uh, I honestly, I think that one was number four. Red flag number five, her wedding ring is still in her jewelry box on her dresser. It's all circumstantial, but it's still very fishy. Yeah. So Mark tells the detectives in his initial interview that there are no issues in the marriage. They're happy and, you know, things are going really well. So she starts asking him about himself and says, you know, what are you up to? Like, um, what are you specializing in in med school? And he says oncology. And she's like, I don't want to sound stupid, but will you spell that? Because she has like writing down her notes and he spells it wrong. What? He's been in med school, supposedly, for his pre-med stuff for a few years, and he can't spell oncology. It's pretty straightforward. It's on-cology. spells it with an A at the beginning. Ancology. That's... Yeah, so she's like, um, okay, red flag number 100. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my gosh. She also notices that he's doing a dry cry, and she explains it that it's like when you are looking like you're crying but there's no snot <laughs> she's like sorry but when you're crying and you know you're upset usually you're you have a runny nose you sniff you sniffle you... a lot but he was just acting she's like he's faking it this guy is faking it wow and she knows he's lying about something so once the detectives and mark return to the park where the search for Lori continues on the seat of Mark's truck, they find a receipt dated July 19th. He bought a new mattress the same day she went missing. Oh, no. Yeah. Detective Kent holds up the receipt and calls to her partner and says, Hey, T, look at this. This is a receipt for a new mattress. <laughs> and Mark's expression changes from a grieving husband to a glare and says, You think I did something to her? And she says, I think you killed her and I'm going to effing prove it. <gasps> Shit. Right? <laughs> oh my and gosh. Like, I was watching this on a line of diet. It's board. a tunnel. Hey. Okay, it's over. Aren't you supposed to like lift your feet up and hold your breath? I don't know. I thought you were supposed to yell. Oh, really? I don't know. 
what are you supposed to do in a tunnel? When you go through a tunnel. <laughs> what is the tunnel etiquette? <laughs> <laughs> tunnel etiquette. I always thought you're supposed to lift your feet up and hold your breath. For what reason? I don't know, but I thought that's what it was. Huh. Okay. Maybe go faster. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it has um, to be. See if you don't pass out before you get through it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I love Detective Ken. She's the most amazing person on the planet, and she makes me want to become a detective, but I don't want to be a cop first and then a detective. I just want to go straight to detective. Well, I found out you have to do 16 push-ups to become a cop. I did I did half of one, and I said, <laughs> okay, I can't. And, they, and then, yeah, so I didn't show up to the test. But didn't it say that you could go back? If yeah, you could one, do it? once I figure out how to do push-ups, yeah. Start practicing. <laughs> Don't you want to work in an evidence locker? I think that'd be so cool. It would be so cool, but like, no. Why do I do push-ups? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What if like you just have to get down on the ground and look under the shelves a lot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just don't want you to hurt yourself when you do that. That's probably because they don't want to pay for workers' comp. Exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> so get to learning your push-ups. <laughs> so by 5:30 p.m. The day of her disappearance, Detective Kent is convinced that Mark killed Lori. Okay. Yeah. So Mark runs away. She's like, we turn around and he's gone. She, oh. He just like walks off and goes back to his apartment and the police are like, oh uh, yeah, we're, we're going to follow him. Cause she, in my head, and they didn't say this, but in my head I'm like, he's trying to hide something. He's trying to like extra clean up or something. Yeah. Right? So they ask him to sign a permission to search document, basically to search the apartment again without an without a search warrant he agrees and signs it okay so i think it's because so if you it, i don't know like i because if you ha- you have to have a search warrant uh in order to use anything as evidence so oh, i'm surprised okay. that they didn't get a search warrant but unless they were like wanting to do this just to go in and get a feel for just to see how he would react you know like i wonder yeah. if it was just like a test to see okay are you gonna let us do this Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Okay. So maybe that's what it was. So uh, they try to explain to Mark, oh, we just want, we're confused by the mattress receipt and we just want to see what's up. This is why we're doing this again, why yep. we're searching again. Right. They go in and see the new mattress under the brand new sheets, but the box spring isn't new, which they feel is strange that he didn't, like, usually you buy them in a set. Not yeah. anymore, but like, back you then, know, usually you'd get a new box spring with your new mattress yeah um but they had the old mattress or the old box spring still okay so detective taylor also looks in mark's nightstand and finds a few hunting knives and one of them has blood and a bloody fingerprint on it oh they ask why it had blood on it and he says he uses it for hunting and i'm like well don't you wash it <laughs> wait and he said it was in his nightstand yeah why do you put your hunting knife in your nightstand right isn't that it's not clean like in the garage right like, I have a hunting knife, but I don't hunt. <laughs> um, but I have one, and I would never think that if I ever used it, that I would just put it casually next to me while I sleep. Yeah. And if, especially if it's only for hunting. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Seems fishy. Weird. At this point, they knew they needed to get a search warrant because there's blood. Like, you know, something was definitely off, but technically, they didn't know if, a Lori, if Lori was alive or dead. Like, they really don't know. There's no body. There's no evidence that she's hurt, you know. Yeah, something it's just all, smells fishy. Right, all. it's all circumstantial. So they get a search warrant. They close off the apartment. 
it's now theirs to continue their search and park like evidence and stuff. Yeah. Detective Kent notices a dumpster outside of the apartment. It's an empty dumpster. And in the dumpster, she finds okay. only an empty package that the sheets came in, two pillows, and a plastic covering for the new mattress, and that's it. No other garbage was in there. Hmm. That's it. So, Detective Kent asks Mark, hey, when does your garbage get picked up? And his response is, the grid gets empty on Monday morning. The grid? Right. And she's like, uh... No one uses the word grid unless you're a, probably a garbage man. Everyone else says, um, my garbage gets picked up this day or the, you know, the trash is emptied this day. But he said the grid. Huh. I can hardly remember when my freaking garbage gets picked up. I know. Like, I'll be like, I I hope it got picked up on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's Thursday and then if there's a holiday, it's all left up. No one. Or if there's a grid. windstorm. <laughs> Ours got delayed. Did yours get delayed from the windstorm? No. Oh, yeah. Our, 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 our garbage got delayed because of the windstorm. Yeah. That's weird. It is weird. So she's like, the grid, you freaking idiot. Like, yeah. Anyway. Okay, so like, this... Sounds like somebody's been doing some research. Right. <laughs> and like understanding garbage day. <laughs> but you don't know how to spell oncology. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, okay. Idiot. Okay. Stupid. This is when Detective Kent gets the theory that he put her in the dumpster. So she tells her boss, the chief, that they need to shut down everything, search the garbage. Her boss says, no, that costs too much money. You don't understand what that entails. Like, not, not going to happen. So Sergeant Ron Miller, okay, he wasn't the chief. I don't understand the hierarchy and stuff. So uh -huh. Sergeant Ron Miller, who was her supervisor, leaves to smoke a cigar and drives half a block down to an LDS ward house and they have a dumpster there and he looks in it just out of curiosity and there's a mattress with the pillow top cut off so he calls detective Kent and asks what the box spring looked like and she said it's taupe with embroidered flowers and Ron says what the hell is taupe <laughs> isn't that a color yeah okay and she says Ron it's beige <laughs> I think it's so funny. Yeah. Like, guys don't understand colors. And it's so funny because personal stories are... Yeah. Because um, when me and Josh first started dating, I asked him to homecoming, okay, to homecoming dance in high school. And my dress was lime green, super ugly. I remember this. <laughs> and I asked him to get a lime green tie so we can match. And he's like, what's lime green? I was like, ask your mom. <laughs> like, it's lime green. This dude shows up to my dance in a freaking forest green tie, and I was like ready to beat him because I was like lime green. <laughs> like, how do you not understand what lime? Green I wonder is? if he went and found a lime and was like, <laughs> yeah, that's close. Well, I guess limes are kind of dark. Yeah, that's probably what he did. Honestly, that's probably what it is. <laughs> and if his mom helped him, she probably was like way literal and was like, yeah, this. I mean, a lime is kind of this color. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, no, you're not understanding. Look inside the line. That's <laughs> right. the color we're going for. Not oh the exterior, gosh. the interior. <laughs> you have to be a little more specific, April. <laughs> yeah. Interior lime green. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Josh, this is dumb. At this point, Ron is like, damn, girl, you're right. Yeah. Mattress found in the dumpster 100% match the box spring. Same embroidered flowers, same beige color. <laughs> so the, the team is moving forward with the theory that 
put her in the dumpster. Yeah. So shortly after this, Mark was reportedly found running naked through the streets while staying at a hotel. When the police get there, he has to be admitted to his psychiatric ward. Oh, please. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. Um, so they allow one of his brothers to take him to get checked out. I think that he's, like, making up that he's, like, so he can use the insanity, insanity plea or something. Because he was running through the streets naked, and if, and if but he still had sandals on so that, like, he didn't care about being naked, but he still put his shoes on to protect his feet. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, but he's like, I need them to think I'm crazy. That is such bullshit. Yeah, I hate him so much. Um, the next day, the detectives get a call from the med school he was supposedly going to in uh, North Carolina where they were moving. Guess what? They had no record of him ever applying for enrollment. So what has he been up to this whole time? He wasn't even attending the U of U for his pre-med stuff. He told the entire family and friends that he graduated with MCAT. I don't know what MCAT is, but, like, he passes MCAT test. What? And that he had graduated from the U of U, and then he got accepted to the school in North Carolina. Can I take a guess real fast? Uh Did she, do you think, I don't know if you know, but, like, did she find, did the wife find out that this is all a big lie? And it's old. Okay. <laughs> Got just it. Just wait. Just wait. Okay. okay. So the detectives go to the hospital to talk to Mark, and he's just chilling and watching cartoons and eating pizza. Like, you would think that he'd still be upset. He'd still be, you know, like, my wife is missing. Oh, no. He's just getting a day off from his oncology school. That's what <laughs> right. he's doing. Right. His oncology school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's sticking to a story that his wife went jogging and didn't come home. He says he's stressed and sad. And he's just going to kill himself, and he's trying to tell the grieving husband's story and trying to keep his sanctuary in the hospital. Okay. He's like, okay, no, this, like, I'm grieving, I'm sad and stressed, and I just need to relax. And I had a mental breakdown. Take it easy on me. Right. I had a mental breakdown, and so that's why I'm here. Don't. I know. (laughs) Be nice to me. Okay. I say that to Josh all the time. Nice. <laughs> I, I say to Mitch, don't. <laughs> all the time. He, he hates that. <laughs> so it makes him stop. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so let's see. Okay. Lori's mom, Therma, was not convinced that Mark had anything to do, do with Lori's disappearance. She's like, nope. He's the best. He, like, has never shown any kind of frustration even. Like, they're they're perfect together. This is the way. mother-in-law? Yeah, so, so his, not... his mother-in-law, Lori's mom. Got it. Wow, that's that's a little surprising. Right, she's like, there's no way. She has, There's no way. Mark's dad said in a conference thingy, press conference, that he asked Mark outright, did you hurt Lori? And he said no, and his dad was like, he would not lie to me. He wouldn't lie to me, so he trusts Mark's innocence. Really? Then what has he been doing with oncology school? I know. And like, he wouldn't lie to you? Huh. I I think you're wrong. But I feel like they didn't... Unless they didn't know that information yet. You know, that's true. Yeah, I think the order of, like, where information came out, I'm sure they were like, well, shit, maybe he would. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So, at this point, Therma, after that, was told by detectives that Mark never graduated from the U, and she was like, hold on, yes, he did. I was there. And they're like, you were there? And she said, I remember on his graduation day... He was super sick and throwing up, so they didn't go to his graduation at the campus, but once he was feeling better, they still took a picture of him in his cap and gown. That doesn't count. Right. 
but she didn't know who to believe because Mark has just been the perfect husband to her daughter and he's helped her so much and she's just like but wait no but like why would he have a cap and gown why would he you know she was just like that just doesn't make sense but then you know you just kind of put the pieces together like oh it's very convenient mm-hmm. that you got sick oh cute they look like they should oh, sell ice cream that is really cute oh I want to live in that wow this is Deer Creek Deer Creek State Park isn't that the Deer Creek Reservoir back there the little lake thing could be I've honestly never spent much time on this side of the mountain oh, well, <laughs> like I really don't know anything about because this is Mid Valley right or whatever it's called. No idea, or, but it's cute. Yeah, it is really cute. I'd move here. I would okay. too. It's really expensive. Okay. So July 20th, the next day, uh, at 11.30 a.m., the clerk at the convenience store down the street from their apartment said he had a video of Mark and Lori coming into the store the night before she disappeared, and they okay. grabbed a soda, and Mark said to the clerk and whispered, don't tell my wife I smoke, since he had been there multiple times before buying cigarettes. And they're LDS, so that's usually not common for LDS um, members to have a smoking addiction. Yeah. That's got to be really hard to hide. Yeah. Honestly, you know, (laughs) another personal story. You're going to hate me. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) So the, you know, the drive-thru gas station Mm -hmm. in my neighborhood? Mitch is very jealous. Um, But yes. They know me because they know Josh because he always buys their freaking Zen pouches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I went there when Josh had COVID, and I was like, I need to get a six-pack of this stuff. <laughs> stupid I know, stuff. I was honoring because he was fighting about... He thinks that my stupid-ass husband thinks that freaking Zen cures COVID. <laughs> and I was sick of him crying stupid. about it, so I was like, whatever, do what you want, you're sick. <laughs> So I went and got it, and the guy was like, a six-pack? And he's like, they usually come in fives. So I was like, I don't know. And she's like, he's like, I know your husband. I'll just get you what he needs. So I was like, okay. Thanks. You're like, I am so sorry. And I was like, I'm, I'm really embarrassed about this. Like, how embarrassing is it that you guys know exactly his, his, his usual? And he knows my face because he's seen us go through the gas station, drive through together. And so he's like, You I rolling know. your eyes. Like, don't you worry. I got you. And I'm like, this is really embarrassing. I hate my life. Okay. <laughs> That's so Ugh. funny. He's so, so dumb. Josh doesn't listen, so this is what he gets. For yeah, exactly. <laughs> for not listening. Okay. People get called out on this so I know, much. Like, <laughs> like our aunt. Especially the people that don't listen, like, watch yeah. out. Yeah, the people. Yeah, exactly. And then they start listening because it's like, actually, they're interested one day. And then they're like, I'm I never listening again. You're so rude. I hate you. <laughs> oh, I think it's so funny. I'll probably try to stop with the personal stories. Okay. <laughs> You're fine. So, Mark's brother, Lamson Scott, asked the police, you really think he hurt her? And so, Detective Kent told him everything that she's found so far. Who? Sorry? Uh, so, this is his brothers, Lance and Scott. Okay. They asked the detectives, do you really think he hurt her? And Detective Kent, the badass yeah, yeah. woman detective, says, let me tell you everything I have so far. He didn't really go to the U of U, or I mean, like, finish the U of U. He didn't really get accepted or even apply for the school in North Carolina. He, like, this is all the evidence in the house. New mattress and new sheets and the bloody knife and all this stuff, right? Right. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna go talk to him. As brothers, they're like, we're, we're gonna take, <gasps> but look at their sled in their house. Chris Kringle's Christmas gifts year-round. 
Wow. I'm moving here. Okay. Immediately. <laughs> I love it. That's so cute. Very a year-round Christmas store. What? Wow. Just, I just go on a walk every day to sit in the sleigh. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cute, though. It was really cute. Um, That's for sale? Well, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe something else. <laughs> okay. So they go to the hospital where he's staying under psychiatric evaluation, right? Mm-hmm. So the brothers show up to the hospital. Show up to the hospital. I'm sorry, my brain totally just... I just... I know. This, <laughs> I know you're like, looking at everything. I just want to live here. Um, <laughs> Josh, we're moving to Midway. Okay. Where is this? This is not Midway. Where is this? I don't know. We're somewhere. Yep. We're always somewhere. Let me look at the sign. signs. <clears throat> don't say... Okay, whatever. We're somewhere. Okay. That's how awesome this town is, is that when you're here, you just don't know where you are. It doesn't matter where you exactly. are. Exactly. so cute. You just enjoy yourself. Like, look at those... Um... So they show up to the hospital. They show up to the hospital, and they're like, Mark, what did you do? And he confesses. <gasps> really? Dun, dun, dun. He told his brothers that he killed her and put her in the dumpster. <sighs> but he didn't know that they could still use that confession as evidence. Ooh. So he thought he was, like, under secrecy or whatever, yeah. or, like, oh, Guess you can't what, use bro. this. Yeah. Shit. And his brothers, being good people, are like, yeah, he did it. He's the worst. We, whatever. So he confessed. <laughs> <laughs> people had told the police in separate reports over the weekend after her she disappeared that Lori seemed off, that she was unhappy and distant, and it wasn't like her. Okay. okay. Um... The police found a letter in the apartment with Mark's name written on it. It was from Lori. She found out that he was lying about everything and she was ready to leave him. And it said, quote, I hate coming home from work because it hurts to be home in our apartment. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine life with you if things don't change. She's like, I can't. I can't live with you. You're lying to me. You've lied to me for I don't know how long. Does it say how she found out? Um, I, It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then nothing said about how she found out. It was oh. just that she did find out. Yeah. Which, if you're lying, someone's going to find out. Yep. Whether it be your wife, your husband, your children, your, children, your parents, your coworkers, a friend or coworker, and they will tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie. And it can really, like, tear your life apart. 100%. Police officers volunteered their free time to search for Lori in the landfill. It was about 10 acres that they needed to search. Wow. Um, they had cadaver dogs that were also there to help. Um, Thank goodness for dogs. Oh my gosh, they are the heroes of everything except for the last story I told. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at that dog for not trying to rip them to shreds. I'm, I, know, I, right? I haven't gone over it and I know that Cooper would have done that. <laughs> And I keep thinking that whenever Gumby dies, mm-hmm. like, we're Get a not German gonna, Shepherd. <laughs> we're not going to feel safe in our house because we know Gumby will kill whoever comes into oh, our house. Oh, that's so true. But if, like, we just have Cooper to protect us, like, we're done for. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I that's need to so stop. That's okay. So, the area where they were searching for Lori had no longer been an active dumping site for the garbage process, I guess. Um, the grid? Yeah. Yeah, the grid was shut down in this area. <laughs> And it was already sealed over with clay, so I guess they like like oh. the clay dirt, so they they bury it oh. and I put clay that. over it. So they had to scrape off the layer of dirt, and the garbage was compacted by fifty percent. So when they uncover it, it like it's almost like it just explodes and expands. Yep. Um, it, when they kind of take that seal off, okay. So it now has doubled 
where they have to search because everything was compacted. Oh, oh yeah. boy. So they searched the landfill. Land, land, How many days later is this from when she went missing? Do you know? Um, when they start searching the landfill? Yeah. I think it was only a few days. Like, it was pretty soon after. Okay. Um, then, so they had to, they searched the landfill for over one month. August 1st at 8.20 a.m., they found Lori's remains. They found a jawbone that they identified with the dental... What is it called? The dental work. Records. Deco, oh, it, dental records. <laughs> the, clo- <laughs> the clothing... I'm sorry. The clothing she was wearing in the surveillance video at the convenience store were the clothes they found in her, with, like, with her remains. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark shot his 27-year-old wife in the head when she was sleeping, threw her in the dumpster, and tried to cover his tracks. He didn't want a divorce. He just wanted to erase the one person who knew that he had been lying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He had so much pressure to be successful, like his dad and his brothers. His dad was a pediatrician. One brother was a cardiologist. The other brother was an engineer. And another brother works at the Department of Defense in Washington, D.C. Oh. He let that overwhelm him into a web of lies. So he didn't feel like he was as successful, so he just had to make up something yeah. that was equal to or whatever. Yeah, he's like, I gotta be an oncologist. <laughs> yeah. And do whatever I can to live up to what my family's doing, which I know there's a lot of pressure, especially if you're in a successful family like that, to also be successful. Mm-hmm. But you know, just go to art school and to go to art school. <laughs> right. Like, don't worry about it. Well, and it's like, it, you would be surprised to know that, like, your siblings are proud of what they've accomplished. Yeah. And most of the time, they're still rooting for you. Yeah. You know? Right. Regardless of, like, what you go into or what you're doing with your life, even if you're doing nothing, they're still hoping that you're going to find your way or that you're going to be happy and, and successful in your own ways. Like, yeah. your job title does not mean success. It does also doesn't measure your worth at all. Yes, exactly. Yes. Compulsive liars and psychopaths are hard to identify. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they get, that's why they're psychopaths. They are good at what they do and until they get caught. And usually when someone sees them for who they are, that person is actually in danger because they will do what they have to do. On August 2nd, 2004, almost a month after Lori went missing, Mark was arrested on suspicion of aggravated aggravated murder of his wife, Lori. Like, <laughs> you already aggregated. Oh my God. You wrote that word again. Yeah, it's stupid. Okay. On August 9th, Mark was charged with first-degree murder. They couldn't charge him with the death of the unborn baby because they couldn't confirm she was pregnant due to the, due to the condition of her body when they found her. And that was probably before she even got her first appointment, too. Yeah, five weeks. I mean, that's brand, brand new. Hmm. So sad. He pled guilty to the murder in exchange for dropping other charges on April 14, 2005. Prosecutors had video evidence of Mark. One of the surveillance videos shows him entering a Maverick to buy cigarettes, checking his hands and fingers, and then driving away in his wife's car. Approximately 18 minutes after the time, police believe Lori died. Wow. He's checking his hands and making sure there's not blood on them. Other surveillance showed Mark disposing of Lori's body in the dumpster and video of him driving her car to the park where he initially said she had gone missing. Guess what? The world is covered in cameras. Yeah. Even in 2004. Yeah. 
Um, Mark is sentenced to six years to life in prison. His first parole hearing is scheduled for August 2034. He has written Thelma and said how bad he feels about it and he doesn't know how he could have done this. Her mom goes to her grave every year on her birthday and lights a candle and spends time there together with her brothers and friends. So sad. I know. And it's December 31st, so it's freezing. But, yeah. like, they go every year. Um, this story reminds me of Chris Watts. Mm-hmm. Because he, like, I mean, he did even more horrible way of disposing of his family, but, like... He goes on these press conferences and pretends to be grieving, and it's just so... Sickening. Sickening. It's so upsetting. It's like, did you ever really love them? Right. What makes you have this family and have this love, and then all of a sudden you're heartless and okay with what you just did? Yeah. And, like, willing to pretend you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, holy crap. I hate people. The Soros family removed the name hacking from Lori's headstone. Hacking was replaced with a Portuguese word, finna? Finha? I don't really know. It's F-I-H-I-N-H-A. Okay. I don't know how to say it. I'm so sorry. Which translates to little daughter. On June 6, 2005, Mark Hacking's father read a statement from his family and said that he would be, or that this would be their final statement to the press about the murder. The statement clarified several events leading up to Mark's confession and conviction. The statement ended by quoting Mark. He said, quote, I know prison is where I need to be. I will spend my time there doing all I can to right the many wrongs I have done. Though I realize complete atonement is impossible in this life. I have a lot of healing and changing to do, but I hope that someday I can become the man Lori always thought I was. To the many people I have hurt, I am more sorry than you could ever know. Every day my soul burns in torment when I think of what you must be going through. I wish I could take away your pain. I wish I could take back all the lies I told and replace them with the truth. I wish I could put Lori back into your arms. My pain is deserved. Yours is not. From the bottom of my heart, I beg for your forgiveness. There is no such thing as a harmless lie, no matter how small it is. You may think a lie only hurts the liar, but this is far from the truth. If you are traveling a path of lies, please stop now and face the consequences. Whatever those consequences, they will be better than the pain you are causing yourself and others. Mark is currently serving his sentence in the Central Utah Correctional (coughs) Facility in Gunnison, Utah. Again, he will not have a parole hearing until 2034, which is still too soon. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. Freaking reminds me of Josh Powell and Chris Watts. Just divorce your wife if you are not Mm -hmm. happy. Like, that is, it sucks, it's expensive, it's painful, especially if you have kids, but you know what? It's better than this route. It ends horribly for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just, just divorce your wife. Right, like, don't bring Or other... just love her. I mean, yeah. that too. <laughs> <laughs> or just, you know, be honest. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, that's so sucky. It is sucky. Like, I don't really know what else to say about it. Like, anyway, that's it. That's the... Uh, disappearance and murder of Lori Hacking and it's upsetting. That is really upsetting. Like watch super a lie upsetting. to die for because I, I'm telling you Detective Kelly Kent is my Is she still a detective? Person. Yes. She is. I really just want to go and meet her and talk to her because I want her to can you tell me everything that you've ever done? I want to know it all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Huh. 
I love that she knew it. It's just, it's just crazy that she put everything together so quickly. The day of, she was like, I know exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And she was right. Yeah, that's a good detective. I love her so much. Reminds me of, uh, what's his name? Sean Spencer from Psych. Yeah. (laughs) Where she sees all the little details and be like, this isn't right. No. Right. Yeah. The new mattress, the new sheets, the bloody knife, the... Which, the bloody knife is weird because he shot her. So, what was that knife about? That's true, huh? So, maybe it wasn't real... Unless he used that to, like, cut the pillow top off. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I wonder if they found the pillow top. They didn't... didn't, I didn't say anything about it because it was cut off the mattress. She might have been, like, rolled up into it or something. Oh, maybe. I mean, I don't really know, but, like... Honestly... Check your LDS freaking wardhouse dumpsters for suspicious activity. <laughs> I am so nervous about dumpsters. Honestly, I'm scared about anything. Like, I bet this is me assuming every, t- every time I go past, like, you know how we used to call, like, hills down there? Uh, down there, yeah. yeah. Um, I am 100% convinced there's at least one or two bodies, and every down there there is. Like this down there? This down there, there's probably at least one. Yeah. I forgot that we called them down there. Yeah. I I really always, I'm like driving by one, I'm like, there's somebody. <laughs> like, I am so sorry. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like people... Or just, there needs to be a group of people that just, like, searches random places just in case. Like, hey, uh, you want to go on a walk in a weird place? Because I bet there's a body there. And well, we isn't it crazy how many bodies they found searching for Gabby Petito? Or her fiancé. Or her fiancé. Well, they yeah. found They found nine, nine bodies when they found, what's his face, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Horrible, evil person. Yeah. And then they found... I don't know how many, but they, yeah, but I'm like, if you just, man, if you're just like one day, let's put a search together for this Like a routine search. Imagine like what you'd find and how many cases could be solved. I mean, it's not realistic because. It takes a lot of time and money. Yeah. But like, man, I don't want to find anything. No. But like, it's crazy how, see, I couldn't be a detective because I would probably have nightmares for years and days about like seeing a dead Mm -hmm. body. Seeing things, hearing things, touching certain things. Honestly, I couldn't do it. I just want to be yeah. one just to, like, try to figure it out. Or just to be, like, in the backseat. Yeah. I really just want to... A ride-along? See. Yeah, I want to be a ride-along. So if there are any detectives out there that, like, are open to it, I really just want to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I won't say anything. I won't say anything. I won't give you any opinions. Actually, I probably would. I'd be like... <laughs> It's right. like some guy on the street that's not even a part right. of anything. Oh. Well, yeah. are you ready for my story? Yeah. Do you know where we are? Like, No, I've never been over here. Okay. Well, oh, it's a car. I pressed the gas. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, really what car is around here? I'm really glad we're in park. We would have gone right over that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We would have gone down the down there. <laughs> we would be the bodies in the down there. <laughs> okay. Well, we are in American Fort Canyon. Oh. Um, we are in the Yuana National Forest in the upper part of American Fort Canyon, and we were going to go to the Valley of Dutchman Flat, 
which is like 45 minutes away from here, but the road's too. We're in a Mazda. Yeah, and the road is dirt. Rocks and dirt. Yeah, and it was just kind of sketch. So we just pulled off to the side where we had a nice view of the canyon. But uh, we were going to go to Dutchman Flat, and that's an old abandoned mining ghost town, and it's called Forest City. Cool. Yeah. On the way here, we traveled on a 20 mile long road called the Alpine Loop. And it starts at the mouth of the American Fort Canyon and ends on US 189, which is the road that leads to Provo Canyon. Mm -hmm. As many people know, American Fort Canyon is a prime location for camping, hiking, fishing, rock climbing, and biking. I love American Fort Canyon. It's so pretty. Like there's cliffs and trees and waterfalls and... If you're not from Utah, please visit and go through, do the Alpine Loop, go to Park City, Mm -hmm. and like... If you are into skiing, I've lived here my entire life. I've never skied or done anything in the snow other than sledding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I actually just recently went um, snowmobiling, which is new, but I, you know. Yeah. But I'm like, you have to come see our mountains. It's, people have compared um, Utah mountains to the Swiss Alps. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I can see that. It's like a a smaller version, but just as beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like, they're breathtaking. Yeah. Especially when there's snow on them. When there's snow, oh my gosh, the fall. Yeah, and the fall leaves. It's the best. Yes. Uh, You know, this canyon's prime for anything mountainy that you want to do. Anything. Yeah. And this is a playground for it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also been a place for satanic rituals. Oh. (laughs) Side note. um, I was on... A, a social media group. I can't remember which one it was, but I saw a comment that, um, oh, it was on a Facebook group, and someone said that they were that they work for the Ranger District, and they said that a lot of their coworkers had told countless stories about finding pentagrams put together that are made of like dead animals and their body parts. No, just don't do it. Yeah, so there's some really weird things going on. Um and that's been going on since the eighties. And I've been I read a bunch of comments where people are like, yeah, there's some shady things going on in American Fort Canyon. Like people go up there to do weird things. There have also been a lot of deaths in this canyon. Anything from car accidents to mining accidents and even rock climbing accidents. Yeah. There's avalanches that have taken some people's lives, which is probably why we saw the sign coming in. Yeah. And there's been a lot of suicides in this canyon as well. A long time ago, the area was also inhabited by natives. And, you know, as the story goes, settlers came in and took their land mm-hmm. um, for food, water, wood, and precious metals. And, you know, in that exchange, there were a lot of deaths yeah. fighting for the land. A lot of people have claimed that at night when they're driving on the Alpine Loop, Sometimes we'll see a hitchhiker walking along the road or just somebody standing there waiting for a ride. And as soon as they get close enough with their headlights, the person will vanish. There's also been a story where someone stopped hitchhiker and the hitchhiker got into their car. They went halfway to their destination and the person vanished in their passenger seat. How? How? (laughs) Right? How does that happen? (laughs) I I would... I would too. First of all, you got to be brave enough to even pick up someone. I would not ever pick up a hitchhiker unless it was a mom with a baby. Yeah, but then can you imagine like them just poofing out of your car? Don't poof in my car. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I read a story on a website called, I think it's werewolf.com. And they said that one time someone pulled over for a hitchhiker 
and this person was wearing a black hood and when they opened the door the person took off their hood and their face it was the face of a demon and then they vanished why i know right first of all if someone has their head up you just don't talk to them <laughs> you, like, i refuse to they don't know. want to be approached no i won't <laughs> approach you i won't let you into my car put that hood down well, i want to see your face before you touch my car <laughs> like well, well they saw their face before they vanished that would haunt uh, me forever I, I don't think i could sleep after that yeah on a <laughs> website called rme4x4.com i think it's rme 4 by 4 that's how you would actually say it but rme4x4.com a user with the handle cranny <laughs> wrote about his experience that really shook him while he was here in the canyon and I'm just going to quote what he said. Okay. He said, We were coming off the road from Tibble Fork onto the main American Fork Canyon Road. We sat at the intersection for a second, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw two people. One of them looked like they were pretty tall, and the other one was just a little bit shorter than the other one. They were jogging, and then all of a sudden they stopped, looked at us, and one of them moved its arms slightly, so I flashed my brights at them and realized that they were a dark, dark gray color. And as soon as my... And it says, as soon as my brights turned on, they vanished. My buddy grabbed his massive flashlight and looked around, but saw nothing but trees and bushes. Oh my gosh. It's the thing where, like, they look at you and then they just disappear. Yeah. I don't know. That... And why were they a gray color? Yeah, what does that mean? Aliens? Ooh. I don't know. I searched through some older posts on Utah Haunted History Facebook page and found a post someone had put asking if American Fort Canyon was actually haunted or not. And there was one story that really creeped me out, and it was from a, a Facebook user named Sharon Kay. She said she was camping with some friends one time. Her friends were in, a, were in camp trailers, and she was in a tent alone. She said the first night she fell asleep and kept having nightmares about a terrified woman who was tied up and gagged. When she finally woke up from the nightmare, she could hear a scratching noise on the top of her tent, but she confirmed when setting up her tent that there were no branches hanging down or even touching. So she didn't know what that scratching sound could have been. Oh. Um, she also started to hear a metal tapping sound on a camp chair next to her cot, but she decided to ignore the sounds and thought it was probably explainable, but it was in the middle of the night, so she'd figure it out in the morning. Yeah. The next morning, she told her friends about her horrible night, and they just blew it off and told her there was nothing. And even Sharon thought that she just was being paranoid. Yeah. But that night, she was uh, playing with a laser by the campfire. And randomly, she decided to point her laser toward her tent. But when she looked over, it seemed that her tent was covered in a big, dark cloud. So she shined her laser over there. And the light from her laser was being completely absorbed. And couldn't even hit the trees behind her tent. Whoa. Yeah. That's Spooky. Oh my gosh, that's scary. It is super Camping. scary. Ugh. In that same post about, you know, if American Fork Canyon is actually haunted or not, another member named Ashley L. said that her super skeptic husband and his friends were camping in American Fork Canyon, and as they sat around the fire at night, they saw a black shadowy figure run across their campfire. <gasps> they heard the footsteps of it running, and even like the flames of the fire like blew over as if something like a gust of wind had come by it's they, the footsteps i know oh. right another commenter named kiki w uh shared a super freaky story that happened about 27 years ago this okay. one's gonna make you shit your pants so just okay, hold on i already pooped earlier, so we're good. <laughs> okay good <laughs> okay because this one this one freaked me out i'm like okay <laughs> oh okay. 
Okay. All right, so she said her and her husband went camping at the Dutchman Flat, which is where we were going to go. Okay. Um, they went camping there, and she said that when she got there, she remembered she was naturally worried about animals like yeah. bears mountain lions wolves yeah. like she just had like the yeah she had like that concern <laughs> you know like are we going to be attacked right but she remembers having another overwhelming feeling that was like an uneasy feeling just about being there mm-hmm. she's like i couldn't put my, my my foot on it but like just something about us being there felt really wrong and i couldn't Weird. figure it out she's like it wasn't evil it was just like i didn't feel right so on Sunday morning, they packed up their camp and went home. And at the time, they were living in her husband's brother's house. And when they got there, everyone was there and panicked. They're like, where have you been? Are you okay? What? What's going on? And they're like, we just came back from camping. You guys right. knew that. And they were like, you were supposed to come back three days ago. It's Wednesday. What? Hold on. What? Yeah. And she says to this day, she cannot remember that camping trip. She only remembers that, that uneasy feeling she had. Oh my gosh. Were they drinking? Were they... I didn't... I didn't say. That is the most terrifying thing. Like... Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? That's like stressing me out. Right? How do you not come... I mean, how do you lose that many days? What happened? What were yeah. you doing? Why? Why can't you remember it Why now? Why can't you remember it? And how did you just like randomly like, be like, oh, it's time to go home. And then you go home and... Everyone's freaked out. Yeah, right? See if I ever go camping again. <laughs> Alright, so there's that story. Okay, so let's talk about Tibble Fork for a second. Okay. And I want to know if you know this story or like, know about this. Okay. There's a legend that if you go to the parking lot at the top of Tibble Fork, turn off your headlights, and then do three circles in your car at the right speed, red headlights of a hearse will show up behind you. Then, what you do when you see those, you turn on your headlights, and you'll see a little girl run into the road. Then, you'll hear the engine roar of the hearse behind you, and it'll chase you out of the canyon. You heard about that legend? Nope. Honestly, a lot of people mentioned it, but no one's ever said that they've actually experienced that. I'm sure it's like one of those high school, like, if you want to spook yeah friends or something yeah it's like one of those like bloody mary things you know yeah exactly and i was thinking like isn't tibble fork isn't that like the makeout spot yeah yeah yeah. so it's probably just like a stupid story you want to get someone to go on a date with you like ooh, we should go you know get the purse to chase us (laughs) it's so romantic yeah freaking boys Deep into the canyon, there's also um, a place called Grotto Campsite, and it's arguably one of the most haunted places in the canyon. The site was originally the Timpanogos Cave Visitor Center. It's believed to be haunted by a spirit of a woman. And let's learn about her. In 1974, hikers were exploring some secluded caves in American Fort Canyon when they stumbled upon a body of a woman inside one of the caves. She was naked and appeared to have been beaten and raped. Even worse, it seemed that she was strangled to death and she was also beheaded. Uh, She was later identified as 17-year-old Lara Ann Amy. And it wasn't until years later that they were able to connect her to a string of murders in other states and was eventually linked to the infamous Ted Bundy. Freaking Ted Bundy. Yeah, hate that guy. He was ultimately convicted of of this death as well as 30 more that spread across seven different states. People say that when you go into this location, you feel an overwhelming sense of dread and evilness. Some have reported hearing screams or a struggle, and even hearing someone calling out for help. But when you go and look, no one will be there. Oh my 
gosh. So you said that's the Timpanogos Cave hike entrance, or what was that? Um, it used to be the Timpanogos Cave Visitor Center. Oh. And I think it's abandoned now. Like, it, there's nothing, it's not there anymore or something. Oh. Okay, so, lastly. If you've ever been camping in American Fort Canyon, you may hear the sound of your garbage being rifled through, but have no fear. It's probably just the ghost of old hungry hinds looking for some food. Or a raccoon. Or a raccoon. <laughs> but if there's no raccoon there, it's probably a ghost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Edward Hines was born in Buffalo, New York on May 10th of 1850. While growing up, it's believed that he was well-educated and had a lot going for him. He fell in love with a woman named Maggie. Ed wanted to marry Maggie, but her father said that Ed wasn't financially ready ready enough. So at 21 years old, Ed packed up his things and traveled east for the gold rush, as a lot of young men did at the time. Mm-hmm. Ed was determined he was going to go east and strike it rich and be able to go back home with his pockets full of money, ready to marry his sweetheart. Ed came here, well, came there, to Forest City <laughs> in 1871, just as the mine was, uh, just as the mine and the city was was growing. The town boomed and there was a couple hundred miners and their families living here, or there. They had houses, stores, and saloons. At the same time that the city was growing, the American Fork Railroad was also being constructed and there were plans to add a stop at Forest City to help with transportation costs. Unfortunately, they were never able to add the stop due to engineering problems. So by 1880, Forest City was completely abandoned abandoned except for one person, Ed Hines. Ed lived here and... I wrote this really stupid. <laughs> Basically, he lived there and mined there and lived in complete isolation, and he was happy doing it. Okay, so he's like a mountain man. Yeah, and they okay. a lot of people like call him the hermit of American Fort Canyon, oh. <laughs> or the um, you know old hungry hinds. Yeah, you know things like that. Old so hungry hinds. Yeah. I bet he wasn't that hungry. I'm sure he like hunted. And I I also read that a lot of locals would come up and bring him food and supplies and things. Like oh, people knew sweet. of him and yeah. and tried to help him out, but he like refused to live in the city. He was like, nope, I'm here and I'm here for one thing. You know, it's actually interesting with like COVID and stuff. A lot of people are moving from the city to smaller towns. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to me because it's like. You live in the city because you have to work in an office, but if you can work remotely, then they choose to live in a smaller town. It's really interesting how many people have chosen to do that. Yeah, well, and we we moved from West Jordan to Tooele, mm-hmm. which is city to mm, smaller town. <laughs> yeah. It's not super small, but it is smaller than Salt Lake City. Yeah. And there's a really big difference, and I'd say that I prefer it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's better. Uh, In 1920, Ed was quoted by the Salt Lake Tribune saying, For half a century, I have prospected here. I have gone hungry in the winter. I have suffered the infirmities that men of 72 must feel. I have renounced all pleasure, but when I left New York, I told them I'd make a real fortune. I have found a wealth of beauty and lore, but I am too proud to go back without the gold. I shall not go back until I find what I'm looking for. So he came here looking for gold. So that he could marry his love. Oh, did she go with him? Or did she stay in New York? She stayed in New York, oh. and according to thedeadhistory.com, Ed told the Salt Lake Tribune that Maggie wrote to him for the first 10 years of him being gone, and eventually he wrote back to her saying not to waste her life on him, and he eventually got a letter back telling him that she just decided to become a nun, because she didn't want anybody else. Oh. Isn't that so sweet? She should have just came here and been a mountain woman with him. Yeah. What's... 
I don't understand why. Like she had the time, even to walk. <laughs> you right. Know? She could have made it here in ten years. <laughs> right. One day, two men who were friends of Ed um, went to his cabin, and they went to his cabin to check on him, and they were shocked to see that he was on the brink of death, so they urged him to come to their cabin for a hot meal. They took Ed back to their cabin and cooked him a big, hearty meal, and Ed, Ed sat at the table and ate, and ate, and ate, and ate, until finally he insisted he ought to go back to his own cabin for the night. A couple days later, the two men realized they hadn't seen Ed since then, so they decided to pay him another visit. Sadly, they found Ed deceased. Apparently, he had eaten so much that he died of a bloated stomach. Oh, so, like, he went, yeah. Because, like, if you are starving, like, people who have gone and missing in the wilderness or whatever, you have to slowly eat Mm -hmm. or introduce foods because your stomach has shrunk so much. And if you eat too much, it, it can cause... Oh, that's sad. Yeah, exactly. He was so hungry. He was old hungry, Hines. Yeah. Ed died on May 23rd of 1923, and he had an unmarked grave for a really long time. Why unmarked? He didn't have family or anybody to pay for it. Like, Uh, it was just kind of like, well, we've got to put him somewhere. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, But the community raised money and put a marker down. And now it says, gone back to Forest City on the bottom. Oh, cute. Isn't that so sweet? I love it. So a lot of people who hear rattling cans or the sound of garbage being dug into, they'll investigate to find that there's no critters or anything around, so they assume it's just old, hungry hinds. The end. That's kind of cool. I mean, I'm still terrified about the missing days of that camping trip. Right? Like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It makes you, like, not want to go camping, so it's like, um... What if I show up at home and it's like, I've missed how many days? I can't get past it. It's stressing me out, but... No, yeah, it's weird. I have heard that American Fork is haunted or that it's spooky, but, like, I've, I actually haven't camped in mm. American Fork Canyon. I've camped in Provo Canyon and, obviously, like, Fish Lake. Where's, where's Hope Campground? That's Provo Canyon. Oh, it's Provo? Oh, for some reason I thought it was American Fork. I remember feeling a little creeped out at that campground. Oh, I remember did? remember Philly was growling at a stump. Yeah. But he's Philly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's a golden retriever. <laughs> he's he's a wood. Um, but anyway, that's my story. Nice. It's really pretty here, though. It is pretty. You know, and I was going to do all those stories in separate episodes. But I'm like, you know what? Let's just do them all at once. Yeah. They're so... I mean, yeah, it's hard to, like, make it a long story when it's... There's all these little things that happen all yeah. over the place. But... Exactly. Yikes. I don't think I'll be camping in the... Dutchman Flat? Dutchman Flat. Hell no. Go missing and not know where I was for three days. Yeah, that's really weird, huh? That's... That's gonna F with me. I know. I, I That was like the last story that I read last night, and I'm like, I don't even... I didn't even think that that could happen. I know. Sorry, Mom, but like when you get blackout drunk, that scares me enough. I've mm-hmm. only done that one time, and I hated waking up and not knowing what I did, what happened, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, nothing happened other than I was an idiot, but like, but it's, it's but freaky. It's Cause it's just like, how do I not remember? Yeah. Like to well, not have memories and you are out doing things and you don't remember that scares me so much that I refuse to ever get to that point ever again. Yeah. Like I can't. Well, and like Corey's party when I hit my head. Yeah. So here's what happened. <laughs> I drink a little bit of vodka Red Bull and then 
Corey, I got, I guess I got drunk off that, but then Corey did a magic trick (laughs) and I don't, I don't, say I don't remember any of it. It wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't (laughs) exciting. You were very excited. (laughs) I was very impressed. And I apparently I had fallen backwards and smacked my head on their wooden kitchen table. And I have no memory of that night still. And that freaks me out. And I'm like, you I didn't concussed. I was concussed, but like, I don't know. I only drink half a vodka Red Bull, so it's like, what's my limit? <laughs> you know, no magic tricks apparently. You're just like, whoa! And then you <laughs> fell back and hit, smacked the back of your head on that table, and I was just like, good lord, Katie, go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I do briefly remember smacking Josh's. Was this the same party where I smacked Josh's phone out of his hand? Yeah. Because he was playing some stupid song. Yes, that was it. I do remember that. That, that it was very annoying. <laughs> what was it? It was like a yodeling rap song. Okay, so I just went across the room and slapped it out of his hand. <laughs> and you're like, that's enough. <laughs> well, but funny. still, memory loss is freaky because. It is scary. Anyways, that's episode six. Thank and you for I. Listening. Yeah, and I tried to like wrap my story to be somewhat about Thanksgiving, you know? Mm-hmm. So as you're eating, don't overindulge. Or feed the hungry. Yeah, feed the hungry. But not too much. Not too much. (laughs) But think about old Henry Hines and, you know, give him a can of soup. Yeah. Does this come out on Thanksgiving? It comes out the week before Thanksgiving. Oh. And then the next episode's coming out the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Gotcha. Yep. But there will be a Bring Your Own Booze episode coming out. The week in between that. The week in between that. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to, speaking of bring your own booze, if you want to share your story, write to us at stories at hauntandcold.com and you may be selected to be featured in a bring your own booze episode. And we did interview Tori and our next next bring your own booze episode is also an interview. But if you would feel more comfortable of of us just reading your story, that's totally fine too. Just note it in your story. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure we'll have a conversation back and forth to figure the whole thing out. But if you would rather us just read it, that's okay. But if you want to tell it yourself and be interviewed, we can definitely set that up. Yeah, so definitely send in your stories because we want to hear them. It doesn't have to be long or it doesn't have to be even local. Just just whatever you got. You can find us on Instagram at Haunt and Cold Podcast. You can also check out our website that's still being pretty much built. It's hauntandcold.com. There we're going to put more info like about us and our episode information, probably our citations, pictures, where to find us. Also, if you want to become a Patreon, check us out. Find us on Patreon. Um, April is actually making some really cool keychains. That's going to be the gift that we're going to give all of our Patreon members. So if you want a keychain of our little little ghost ghost logo guy, he's really cute. So if you want one of those, all you have to do is sign up and be our fan. (laughs) Please like us. Like us enough to support us. Yeah, or don't. Or don't. That's okay, too. You just won't get a keychain. And you don't deserve one. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Mm Okay, bye. bye.